You're listening to the John Stapleton Podcast. What a lot of people think today is that the Bible is a work of fiction. And today I want to show you why it is not. And um, I'm going to be focusing on the New Testament. Uh, Briefly, the Old Testament, we get it from the Jewish canon, the Jewish scriptures. Uh, the reason, the broad reason why we don't have the Apocrypha is because it records some history, uh, but it does so without, uh, without God's involvement. It's not very theological. Uh, you might be like, well, did we already have books like that, like Esther, for example. Well, Esther is a theological book in hindsight. Even though it doesn't mention God, um, it, it gives an explanation for why the Jewish people survived Haman and the Persian Empire um, and, and how we have, uh, I believe, the holidays Yom Kippur. Um, but aside from that, what about the New Testament? I mean, the New Testament is actually where we would start in our apologetics. It's, uh, it's where we would start um, some new believers in, in their Bible reading, like um, maybe start in the Gospels, find out about Jesus first, right? Um, so how do we get that? Good questions. By the way, I apologize. I've been a little under the weather uh, lately. Um, so Matthew, let, let's look at the gospel. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Which of them were eyewitnesses? Well, Matthew and John were eyewitnesses. Matthew and John were one of the 12 disciples. Uh, Matthew records his own story in Matthew 9, where Jesus comes up to the tax booth and says, follow me. And John is the disciple. What about Mark and Luke? Well, Mark, John Mark, partnered up with Peter. Peter dictated his gospel to Mark and Mark wrote it down. And so um, we, we have we have we have Mark's account uh, or, or really Peter's account through Mark and then Luke, I love it. Luke actually opens up his gospel by saying, I interviewed the eyewitnesses, I collected their testimony and here it is. And the reason why they did this is because um, a lot of the Gospels were written, uh, I want to say, later on, like maybe uh, 20 years after Jesus walked on the earth. And as you can imagine, that generation of Jesus followers were beginning to age, um, and some have died. And so, in order to preserve the stories of the eyewitnesses, they would need to be written down. Um, they would need to be written down. Next, we have Acts. Well, Acts is written by the same historian slash doctor that wrote the Gospel of Luke. And Acts records the the history of the church, the birth of the church, the spread of the Gospel. What about Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon? What about those letters? Well, those letters were written by a guy named Paul. Paul was Luke's close traveling companion. It's very interesting that as you read through the, the gospel or the, the book of Luke, um, really the book of Acts, you're going to keep hearing this pronoun, us, we. Luke is writ- writing in the uh, third person plural or third person singular, we. Sorry, first person plural, we. And he is explaining how he and Paul and maybe Silas and Timothy and a few others were traveling together, doing ministry together. And so Paul meets Jesus by a revelation. He wasn't one of the 12 that walked with Jesus, but but Jesus revealed himself to him as he was on the road to Damascus on his way to kill and persecute Christians there. And so 
Paul, in his own sense, in his own right, is also an eyewitness. And he spent lots of time with the eyewitnesses. He was one of the apostles. What about the book of Hebrews? We don't know who wrote Hebrews, uh, but he, we, you know, there's some things we can ascertain from the book. First, it takes about 45 minutes to read the book. Some people joke that a uh, sermon should be 45 minutes because you know, the book of Hebrews is an old century sermon with lots of exegesis, lots of explanation, lots of scriptures. And it's a, it's a constant appeal for life change, a constant appeal for holiness, a constant, a constant application is applied through that book. And so though we don't know who wrote the book and there have been guesses whether you know, it's Paul, Apollos, I've heard Priscilla before, uh, whoever wrote the book, they were writing it with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit always explains what God said previously, and that book serves that purpose. James is the next book, and James is Jesus' half-brother. James and Jude, James and Jude are Jesus' half-brothers, and so often what's interesting is you read through the, God, uh, you read through the book of James, and James is restating what Jesus said elsewhere. And Jude is a defender of the faith. Uh, there are people lying about his older brother. And so he's stepping in. He's saying, no, this is the Lord. This is who he is. And, and this is what, who, this is the role that he uh, played. This is what he did in eternity past before he became incarnate, before he came as a person. You get first, second, and third John, who's written by, I believe, the, the gospel writer John. And the book Revelation. And the book Revelation, we've covered it at length on this channel. But again, people need a new image of Jesus. This is honestly why John writes the Gospel of John. He, he could have started with the genealogy. He could have started where everybody else starts. But he starts in eternity past because he wants to give a fresh perspective of Jesus way before the manger. And Revelation serves that end showing us who he is, not in eternity past, but right now. And then lastly, um, second, first second Peter, written by Peter. I believe the same Peter who gave us the gospel of Mark. And so when you take it all together, these are the eyewitnesses, and these are the eyewitness testimony. Even if someone wasn't directly an eyewitness, they, were, they interviewed an, another eyewitness. And when you get into church history, there are lots of pseudo-gospels. There's the Gospel of Philip, for example. Um, these are people that lived 200 years after these events that took on these names to fool people. Oh, Philip was one of the 12. Let's read his gospel. And really, like the gospels have contradictory statements to what Jesus said in our accepted gospels. Like there is one, There's I think there's the Gospel of Thomas where Jesus says, well, you know, women need to become men before they can enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus never said that. There's another, I think the gospel of uh, Philip is just various assorted sayings from Jesus, some which sound like the gospels and some which are totally different. This was interesting. I think in 2007, this was, this was hot back then, the gospel of Judas came out, the gospel of Judas. And uh, I went to my local library, I got it, and it was incomprehensible. And I will say historically, let's say hypothetically, this was the historical document. Um, the manuscript was so ripped apart and so worn away that there were ellipses all throughout the translation, like dot, 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 
this sentence dot 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 this sentence dot 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 and i'm, I'm like wow this they're huge check uh, there are huge chunks of this story that are missing and it's incomprehensible because the parts that are here are so disconnected that it doesn't make any sense and so when people say hey there were other gospels the church were trying to you know suppress the truth about jesus there are other accounts out there there are other gospels yeah consider what's out there do the scholastic work and now you'll see why the church rejected them what i would encourage you is to have faith in the books that are in your Bible. Um, and, and, and the gospel writers, they, they share the heart of John, who writes at the end of his gospel, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. I love what else he says. He says, Jesus did many other things, but if they were all written down, the world itself, I suppose the world itself, wouldn't be able to contain all the books that would be written. There are lots of things that you probably want to know about Jesus. There are lots of questions that the Bible doesn't directly answer. But I want you to know this. The Bible historically, scholastically, literally, liter- literarily, is the account of the eyewitnesses. It's not going to answer all your questions. But it's going to tell you the things that Jesus' closest followers want you to know about him. And through relationship with God... Through further study, through prayer, you'll find out some some more things. All your questions will not be answered. There are so many Christians that have been, you know, answering these questions and studying and praying and doing all these things for years. And there are just some things that you know God will not reveal to us until glory. There's this there's this verse in Deuteronomy 29. I believe it's verse 29 that says, "The secret things belong to the Lord, but everything else He's revealed to us." that we may pass down to our children. Secret things. Well, what about this? Well, that's a secret thing. I haven't been able to find the answer yet. Secret thing. And this is where faith comes in. Faith isn't blind. Faith doesn't just ask you to believe something to believe it. There's something that happened. There is an event that took place. If I can speak more candidly, there is a resurrection. There's an empty tomb. Jesus is not dead, and you have to do something with it. And the people that explain away his resurrection with you know, the swoon theory or the wrong tomb theory or stunt double theory, it takes just as much faith to believe in that stuff than to believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead and took his body with him into heaven. Gospel writers don't tell us everything, but it's enough for us to believe And so I would encourage you, wrestle with what the gospel writers present to you regarding Jesus Christ. That's the truest account of his life that we have. And if you were to say, well, those people were stupid and illiterate and and they have nothing to teach me and, and they were making up stories, why would they make up stories? Every one of the apostles died for their faith. Every single one. Except John. But they tried to die. They tried to, to, to kill him. They, they boiled him in a vat of oil. Miraculously, he survived that. And so they exiled him to Patmos, where he writes the last book of the Bible. And what was this for? For money? They died broke. For notoriety? Listen, it's never a benefit for the world to know that you love Jesus. Because the moment they do, they will haunt you. They will hate you. They will try to kill you. 
you become a target for everybody. You know, in our in our country, America, there was the left versus the right. There was Republicans and Democrats, and in the middle, there are Christians. Right? We we are. I say we're in the middle because we have that prophetic voice. We speak to both sides. We say everybody's wrong. And the world who doesn't know God, who doesn't have the wisdom of God, they interpret that as you guys are ignorant. Why do you exist? Why are you in our society? Why should you have rights? We should suppress you. This is what happened all throughout history. And so the people that wrote this, they had nothing to gain. And as they were telling the story, they looked like fools. Like seriously, in a day where a woman's testimony didn't hold weight in court, why would you say that the first people to see the tomb, to see Jesus alive, were women? Why would you do that? Unless it was true. So anyway, um, lots of things like that to consider, lots of details like that to consider. But I just want you to, to know, these things were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. God bless.